This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, which is available to you, courtesy of SACL CAI. That number is 800-259-9231. Again, that's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on that site completely free so head over there and enjoy those on us Uh, the main feature allows you the listener to control the content of the website everything you see in that main column was submitted by listeners just like you so head on over there and get the details on how to do that and why it's pretty cool at freetalklive.com so lots to discuss here tonight mark you were stabbed in the eye today. Indeed, I was. Uh, I, I don't know why we're talking about it on the show. It's not every day that you get stabbed in the eye. Yeah, um, it was It was by a small gauge needle. Um, so, you know, and apparently you don't have nearly the amount of nerves in your eye that you think that you might have. So uh, a little a little stab by uh, a, a, doc, a very qualified doctor in the eye. It wasn't as bad as it sounds. Now, is it true that that portion, the, the white portion of your eye, is it's fairly quick to heal because of the high blood flow up there? Couldn't speak to that. Um, they said that the uh, the chances of getting an infection were about one in a thousand. They'd never had it happen in that office. That's pretty good. They put a whole bunch of drops in my eye too, some to numb, some to keep it uh, from getting infected. That kind of thing. So what uh, what was going on in there? In the room. In your eye. Oh, I have a, uh, a, a something like a, a growth a pimple or a bump on my retina and it has uh, caused uh, some distortion in my vision and then it began to bleed so now not only do I have a bump but I have a bleeding bump on the Mm. inside of my eye so they decided to use uh, a a drug that uh, at this point is still in testing for uh, constricting blood flow and uh, you know they put a little bit in my eye well, I hope that works out for you man yeah yeah being able to see is a good thing so uh, so it was completely numb Relatively, was it was it like you know the, the, what it feels like when they're putting novocaine in your uh, no your, putting novocaine or lidocaine in, in your it gums hurts, hurts more uh, when they put it in your gums. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that this will you'll feel a small amount of pressure, and I really didn't feel much of anything. That's because they uh, used eye drops to to numb it, so right. it was fully numb before anything inserted in there. Yeah, got it. I just you know figured that was a unique experience, but maybe not. You told me earlier that they have twelve people a day into that office. More than having more than two dozen a day. People do that. Um, that uh, that they're sticking on a regular basis. Hmm. Apparently, they they do this treatments for a lot of things. Too much blood in your eye, bad thing. Sounds like it. So <laughs> you can. Uh, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can again take control of the airwaves. So there's much to discuss here tonight. Of course, uh, your calls are the primary element. But how about this Bible policy? Huh? The uh, ACLU revealing that a South Carolina jail has been sued over its policy barring inmates from having any reading materials except Except the Bible. Bible. Well, they need to find Jesus. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Well, you know. Or else. The idea behind a penitentiary originally was penance, um, that you would be in there long enough that you would, you know, have the... So it's exactly what they were designed for in the first place. I mean, you know, <laughs> there are places where you're supposed to be by yourself and be quiet with, you know, your God and figure out what you've done wrong. So uh, the ACLU filed the federal lawsuit seeking to overturn the policy on behalf of Prison Legal News, a monthly journal on prison law. And I think we know somebody that actually works for that uh, that organization 
if I'm not mistaken, a uh, liberty activist up here in, in New Hampshire. Uh, the 16-page complaint says officials at Berkeley County Jail, uh, about 100 miles southeast of Columbia in Mock's Corner, are violating several of the magazine's and inmates' constitutional rights, including free speech, freedom of religion, and the right to due process. Well, wait a minute. And criminals ain't supposed to have rights. Well, that's uh, that's just not true. There are rights for uh, for people that are convicted of crimes in the United States. There aren't a bunch, but there are some. Why is that? Why are there rights? Aren't they just evil, terrible people who deserve to be punished and having all their rights stripped away from them? They did the crime. Now they do the time. Right. I, I, all those things are, uh, I, I suppose, valid if if that's what you think, but. The idea <laughs> is, is that uh, you want to you want to turn around the way these people are. So if you get, administer daily beatings, for instance, um, that's probably not going to be a good way to have <laughs> some them. people would support that, too. They certainly would. I do. <laughs> daily beatings. <laughs> yeah, but Luther likes his by consent. <laughs> so or to administer them. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Well, that's essentially what the stocks were, right? You know, you put them in the stocks so people could. Uh, I don't think that was consensual. Stocks. No, no, that definitely no, wasn't. The stocks weren't no. consensual. No. no, that's not what right. I was suggesting. Got I was it. suggesting that the stocks were beatings. Yes. Um, yeah. that, or, or humiliation. S- stuff, right? Yeah, stuff thrown at you. Yeah, pretty much you were on display that's for the, everybody everybody to take their their aggression and anger and pent up, you know, self-loathing out on you. That, that's what the TV shows, at least. Yeah, I guess the best case in that, uh, in that scenario would be somebody yelling at you because everything else is probably worse yep. uh, than something like that. And yeah. since it was on the TV shows, it must be true. Right, right. So, uh, since 2008, the publishers of Prison Legal News have tried to send magazines, letters, and self-help books about prison life to several inmates at the jail. The complaint says some were sent back, and in July, a jail official wrote an email to the publishers referencing the jail's policy. First Sergeant K. Habersham noted in the email as follows, Our inmates are only allowed to receive soft black, or excuse me, soft back Bibles in the mail directly from the publisher. They're not allowed to have magazines, newspapers, or any other type of books. Does wow. it specify if it can only be King James, or can they get Gideon's? Or, uh, Apparently, he does not specify that. The Book of Mormon? I'm su- it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, the jail confirmed Wednesday that it doesn't have a library, and the only reading materials inmates are allowed are paperback Bibles. A spokesbureaucrat for the county sheriff in Berkeley County, Wayne DeWitt, did not immediately return messages seeking comment. So that's the jail, not the prison, right? Uh, that would be the jail. Yeah. You wouldn't ask the sheriff anything about the prison, so I was just uh, trying yeah. to get that clear. So jail being a place where people serve no longer than a year, typically, right? Uh, it depends on the place. On the state. A jail is something that is run by the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, Traditionally in the United States, the keys to the jail are held by the sheriff. Uh, certainly police stations and things like that might have holding cells, but jails are run by sheriff's departments. Prisons, on the other hand, are usually run by a uh, state department. Not only does it prevent communication and clearly violate free speech rights, it also violates the Establishment Clause because it discriminates on the basis of religion. Well, wait a minute. If it violated all of these things, how could the government do that? How could the government possibly violate them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, and the nobody courts, cares about the criminals. Right. Well, and the courts are run by them, too. So, right, all of those factors. Criminals are just the, the, the people that let look at the jails in this country. A lot of them look at the jails and they think, well, that's where the bad guys are. And it's just not always a true statement. In fact, frequently it is not a true statement. It's the easy it's the easy thing to do to say, mm, uh, well, now that they're there, I don't have to think about them anymore. Mm-hmm. That these people don't count. That they don't have rights. That I don't need to uh, to, to 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 want them to be treated well. 
But the reality is the vast majority of these guys are going to be out and they're going to be in your communities at some point. And I want you to ask, do you want somebody who's been who's acted in a bad fashion in the past to be treated badly for a long period of time, but in, in an institution with a bunch of bad people who are also treated badly the whole time that they're there told that they're horrible people and given very, very little in, in the ways of comforts and, and luxuries. I'm not saying given, uh, allowed very few things. The vast majority of these people, uh, would, would their parents and things would send them stuff in if that was uh, what was allowed. And then, you know, by the way, given almost nothing in the way of education and then released upon society and told to, given $100, kicked out the door and told to be good now. I'm sure the $100 varies in different states. But what, do you think they give them a grand much. someplace? <laughs> yes, it varies between one and 200 Here's a taxi cab. You can take it uh, 50 miles away. Yeah. No. Zero, I should have said zero and yeah. 200 So, uh, so they're, su- they're being sued, and it's just kind of interesting looking at the, the conditions of these places. Most people don't care about the folks that are in jail, and so they just... They're not going to read this article, or they're going to read it, and they're going to think that's great news. And, and, or it's just not something that even comes across their radar. They don't want to. They just don't. They want to pretend like they, these folks don't exist, right? Like let the police handle them, and then they they go away to the jail and and just punish them, punish them, and they they won't do it again. But I'd it like doesn't po- work that way. I'd like to point out that uh, that the televisions and the uh, weight equipment and the basketballs and all the th- the, uh, the the fun stuff that was in prison was all paid for by the wil- inmate welfare fund off of profits the inmates uh, of, of the things they bought in the canteen. None of your tax dollars went for it, but I paid sales tax on everything I bought. So don't talk about how your tax dollars were going to take care of me. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control. Free talk live. Hey everybody, Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, whether it's your experience in jail, whereas we're discussing a jail in South Carolina that has banned all books, or it has been this way for a while. There's no books, no magazines, no newspapers allowed, except soft-covered Bibles. 800 You can imagine that makes the Muslims really mad. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of people really mad, and they're really being sued bad. over it. <laughs> So uh, your th- your stories, if you have them, are welcome at 800-259-9231. The, the uh, funny thing about this, and the reason that, that something like this might happen, is because there's no responsibility on the end of the staff. Um, the staff has no responsibility to respect other religions to respect people's right to you know philosophically things like that they have no reason because if they stop people from getting things like bibles uh, anything but a bible in there what happens to them when that rule when they're sued and that rule is overturned nothing mm-hmm. 
Do you think that yeah. this, the secretary of the department, or uh, actually in this case it was a, a jail, do you think the sheriff's going to be run out of town on a rail? Nope, he's no, in charge. He's <laughs> a elected position, yeah. and likely because it's so easy to screw with inmates um, in order in, in order to get uh, a certain amount of, of uh, uh, I don't know, mileage, political mileage. I mean, that's the only reason that Charlie Crist is in office, because he broke the law. I mean, <laughs> on a regular basis, he broke the law in Florida, and people liked it. This is the so-called governor you're referring to. Now, I uh, want to make sure to invite you over to our website uh, where you can get the latest about Free Talk Live at news.freetalklive.com. Uh, you can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up for that. If you like Taron Lupo's history pieces on the LCL report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of, the Savannah, of Savannah. It's an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the Low Country. At its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, and society's casts off joining together to escape from government tyranny and discover a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the 1700s and loaded with real, obscure historical events. Taryn is doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by giving away the ebook completely free. You can check out the first few chapters now at piratesofsavannahbook.com. Again, it's piratesofsavannahbook.com. So the folks at this prison, that, or excuse me, this jail that we're discussing here are being uh, sued by the ACLU and Prison Legal News, which is one of the organizations that have been trying to send things to this particular jail. And so but I have to kind of take the, uh, you know, the devil's advocate position here. What about the will of the people here? I mean, isn't that a factor? Uh, maybe the reason why this jail is that way is because that's what the people want. They elected this sheriff, just like those people are, uh, some people elect Joe Arpaio down in uh, the Arizona, Maricopa County in Arizona, one of the worst sheriffs arguably in, in America. Isn't this what people want? Well, the suggestion that uh, is that somehow the majority of the people might know what's right or do what's right, I think is wrong. I think it's fallacious. I think uh, that we can show throughout human history that uh, people – the the people, the hoi polloi or or whomever, have not always made the best decisions. Right. Uh, for H- instance, Hitler was elected uh, by a wide majority. Well, uh, actually, he was elected by that. a minority. But he um, oh his his reelection. He he had he a was appointed. He had a reelection. I, it's my understanding that, that there was yeah. actu- there was actual uh, ca- elections. I okay. may be wrong. People, somebody can show me different. Check on this me one. on that uh, because it's my understanding he was not. If he was reelected, okay, that's one thing. Uh, but being elected the first time, he uh, well. He was appointed. Yeah, I so. had one source that told me, uh, you know, that he was elected in an election. I may be wrong. That's just one source. I haven't checked and checked and checked on that. I think he thing. came in second place uh, after Hindenburg, and then Hindenburg ap- ended up appointing him to something at. He pull was up in Wikipedia office for a long time, right? If we wanted to. So anyway, yeah. um, besides that, uh, I mean, there was a one. There was a point when people in a certain geographic area thought it was a good idea to own black people. Now, there's a nice, good example for you when the majority of people think it's okay to own a certain classification of people. Like maybe they're making a bad decision. Just guessing. Well, somebody might respond to that by saying that, well, you know, we moved past that. And this is what the people want now. Right. I understand. So you're, what, what you're conceding is that the people, the people have made a mistake in the past. So that means you're conceding that the people could be making a mistake now. 
It's a good response. So uh, changing minds, you, we want to help uh, expand people to understand that this is a bad idea because a lot of people accept this, right? And, and because people accept something like this means that it exists. But if people didn't accept this sort of behavior, then uh, then it would change. And it brings me to a kind of one of the critiques that is occasionally leveled at activists up here in New Hampshire, some of the more disobedient types who end up in jail cells. One of the critiques is frequently that, uh, well, why don't you guys go and do your disobedience in this South Carolina town where they uh, don't let you have anything but a Bible in jail? There are places in this country and around the world that are worse off than New Hampshire. Why don't you go there and save them? Why Why is it that uh, liberty activists have collected in New Hampshire? Well, yeah, there are so many other oppressions going on. There are so many other places that are less free. Why not go to that place? Why not go down to this town in My South Carolina? to the person who asked that would be, why don't you go? I mean, if this is an important issue to you, I personally don't care that much that the people of X County in South Carolina are not able to to get books. I think it's a bad idea, but I think that, uh, you know, you can vote with your feet. I have. What I saw in my community was the uh, was Liberty ebbing it was it was going back there was there was less and less liberty every single month and every single year in Sarasota Florida I decided to do something about that, and what I decided to do was move with more liberty activists yeah. to one place. You know what? It's I think that the, one of the things that upsets these critics is that they don't like that we're using a strategy. Yes. Like the, the liberty-minded people that are coming here to New Hampshire from around the country and around the world are making a very deliberate and extremely large choice in their lives to pick up their lives and make the move here to New Hampshire. But the people, some of the people up here, the critics, they look at that and they just turn up their nose and it means nothing to them. And how dare they come here where everything is just fine? Why don't you focus your efforts somewhere else and free Well, they don't think things else? are just fine. They just don't think things should change the way that, uh, that liberty yeah. activists want. Them to and you know as as many good critiques as there are out there about the activism that may have gone on in the uh, the, the the greater Keene area, I, I agree with many of them. It doesn't really matter. It, it it doesn't matter in the long run when you bring as many people who are as active as the the Free State Project members are to one area. There's going to be mistakes, and it doesn't really matter. Even in the face of all the, uh, if you assume that the outside the system activism all stinks, and you assume that in the inside the system activism is what's going to change things, that's happening. If you assume the outside, uh, the inside the system activism doesn't do anything and only the outside the system activism is going to do something, that's happening and it doesn't matter the inside uh, stuff is, is happening. So that's going to work too. Like it's all going to work. And from, but from their perspective, from the, the status, from what the people that What difference does it make? Honestly, hold... when, you, when well, you look at the, the status, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what the average statist thinks about what's happening in New Hampshire because it's already happening. Well, right, what there they would are have to do. 850 or so people that have already moved sure. to the Free State Project. All those things are already happening. There are more on the way. And the supporters of government, the, the only way they're going to be able to, to combat that in any way, shape, or form would be to recruit their own people to come here. And how many of the government supporters out there, the status, are willing to pick up their lives and make the move to New Hampshire to dig in like ticks uh, and try to defend the state from being people dismantled. Are leaving. The young people are leaving New Hampshire, I'm sorry to say. Young people, the status are old people, too. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. In fact, Liberty Ideas are likely accepted in greater numbers uh, with younger people. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Once again, that's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on that site. They're completely free, so do enjoy those. And don't forget, those features include listening options. You can watch, you can listen, and there are various different ways to do so. Listen.freetalklive.com will outline them, including our broadband and dial-up streams and the listen lines that actually allow you uh, to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and uh, listen in that way over at listen.freetalklive.com, which is brought to you by qualityrental.com. That's right. And So how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. It's simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations. On every page, we'll make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com. See some samples. Order today. It's a 10% discount for listeners of uh, Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. It's Christmas is coming up, and this is a good idea for gifts. So we started out talking about this jail uh, that is in South Carolina where they are not allowing any prisoners, any, uh, I guess prisoners is still an appropriate term, but they're not allowing any of the, the people that are being kept there to uh, read anything besides the Bible. And they're being sued over it. And I wonder how many other jails are like this. Is this the only one? Are there I can only, more? I can't imagine anybody's the silly. Honestly, really? I just, right. this is silly, silly. Well, it makes uh, it makes the, really it's stories like this that make the uh, local jail here in Keene, New Hampshire, seem like Club Med. <laughs> I mean, the local jail here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, is a lot like Club Med. I've, from what I've heard, it's the Club Med of jails. Lauren Canario just got out of uh, jail today. She was yes. in jail for twelve days because she dared. To commit the vicious crime of walking around the perimeter of the unsecured area known as the jail. The activists up here, the folks that moved here as part of the Free State Project and some of the other folks, uh, people that love liberty, have been going to the jail locally and walking around it, holding signs and waving at, uh, at the prisoners for years. It's been going on and it was going on completely unmolested. Uh, there were people that were having... Uh, you know, we were we were getting together for barbecues in front of this particular jail in the parking lot. I'm sure lot. the bureaucrats loved it. They knew about it. They, they saw were invited us. out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we offered them food. And then they moved to this new facility. There are these no trespassing signs that they they put up. Claiming and it's private property, right? Uh, does it say that on the tra- no trespassing sign? I'm not sure if it says it on the sign, that. but that's... That, they claimed that was, it. Yeah, that was their allegation. One of the cops made that claim, but of course cops frequently don't know what they're talking about and uh, also cops. lie. Right. How could it uh, possibly be private property? Right. It's, well, right. there's a public the parking area. jail. Right. And people can... Pub- the public can come to that jail to do so-called business. And I think legitimate mm-hmm. business when it comes to the government is a protest. So uh, it doesn't matter what I think. Uh, folks were arrested for it. In fact, about a dozen of them, including myself. 
and the trial for uh, for one was about a month ago. For four of the uh, four of us, it was uh, the 29th, and Lauren was one of the four. And she was the one who decided to just go straight in, basically straight into jail. A couple of days later, uh, she went ahead and turned herself in. And uh, there was another guy that uh, ended up doing community service. But Lauren's the kind of person who's not going to pay the fine. And not everybody can afford to go to jail. She can. So she did. Um, myself, I'm appealing it. I don't expect that to succeed. I expect to go to jail for for even a longer period of time. But my point being, Lauren got out of this particular jail uh, today. And, of course, as usual, as is tradition, uh, when somebody gets out of jail around here, they pick where they want to go eat. And people go out and uh, and, and eat a first meal uh, back out with that uh, that individual. And Mark, you were involved in the in the pickup today, right? I went out to pick her up. I don't have time to uh, play uh, luncheon games uh, during the day so or anything busy. like that. Busy I've got things to do. Uh, but I, I, it was my understanding that because her husband couldn't go on jail property that she needed somebody to pick her up. Right, because so he was one of the 12 as well. And now the 12 have been banned from going on the jail property. Actually, 13, including Meg, who's a sometime co-host on this program. She wasn't even there in the original arrest. They just sent her a notice saying, you can't be here. I'm drowning in a sea of irony. What which part uh, about being uh, told not to be to the jail or else you get arrested yeah. and sent to jail? And, right, <laughs> you're not supposed to be on the outside of the jail uh, so, by your own choice. Right. So, but uh, how do you, anyway? Continue. <laughs> so, well, Jim, Jim, and Lauren have been uh, you know great friends to me since I've moved up here, and incredible I, you know, activists yeah, too. I'm, Lauren is saw a an hero. opportunity to help, and I, that's what I wanted to do. And I, you know, went to the jail as quickly as I could. There were other, there was another activist there waiting on her. So it, you know, my my trip really was for naught, but mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter. So uh, she got out today, and of course, we went to went to lunch with her and got the got the story of what it was like inside. And the conditions had improved. They had uh, they changed from a 1970s jail to a 2010. And they certainly uh, th- things were different in a, in a positive way in certain certain aspects. Things are still jail. I mean, it's not the best place to spend some time, but it's not the worst place either. And so, going to jail up here in New Hampshire can be a a better experience than in some of the other places. So, why not? If you're going to do civil disobedience, if you're going to non cooperate with the state, if you're going to do things that uh, that carry with them the inherent risk of possibly spending some time behind bars, why not go where the guards are more on the humane side. Are uh, and I'm not saying this for the entire prison system or jail system in New Hampshire. I don't have experience with it. I've heard the the one in Manchester is yeah, pretty Valley crappy. Yeah, Valley Street. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't know. I don't have any experience with that. I know that here in uh, in Cheshire County, it's you know like we said before the the club med of jail. So why not? Uh, go to that place and do your activism there. That's strategy, and it makes sense. If you're seeking what we're seeking, and that is as much liberty as we can possibly attain. Right. Why wouldn't you go to the place, by the way, where is uh, the Mercatus Center has uh, rated New Hampshire to be the number one freest place in the nation? Why not go to the freest place in the nation? And start there. (laughs) Right. So you start (laughs) with the head start rather than finding the the least free place in the nation and then try to to, to get some freedom there. It It doesn't make that much sense. Okay, let's go to the most populous place where we'll have the least effect and we'll find the place that has the the you know the the best combination of most populous uh, and and um, most controlling know, yeah most controlling most most tyrannical let's Washington, go to new DC? york city we'll get 20,000 people to go to new york city we'll be about the population of an apartment building <laughs> and we'll try to change their government there and we can and in that case you've got two options right scatter about the the city 
as the liberty-minded people are already, because there are probably a few, you know, few dozen folks living there already. So scatter about the city or combine yourselves into that apartment building and then meet, you know, live in this creepy compound kind of thing yeah. where, uh, like they did in, I think it was Philly, where, yeah, it was Philly where they firebombed those people. There was a group of folks that just wanted to to live on their own and not deal in many ways with the government, as I understand it. I forget uh, what they were called, but the guys from uh, Liberty on Tour, when they traveled through there, George Donnelly from georgedonnelly.com did this whole presentation about these folks. They went in there. They lived together. They, in many in many cases, I believe, refused to obey the government. And they brought in bombs. They dropped C4 on these people. <laughs> Crazy. So... I, you know, I'm the first person to poo-poo it when people say, oh, they're going to roll in tanks if you move to New Hampshire. Well, yeah, maybe if you all lived on the same plot of land, they could get away with something like that. But to invade the cities of New Hampshire and, and start right. pulling people from this their is, homes. This is something entirely different uh, because here you, you have to – if you've got all people in one compound that live together and want to be left alone, uh, you know, they're going to be looked at as uh, weirdos. They're not going to go out in the community that much. People aren't going to have uh, you know, feelings for them. If you're talking about – People that live in the community, have relationships in the community, work volunteer there. in the community, have jobs in the community. That's something entirely different. And then the government goes around and picks them up yeah. and says, these people are bad. Right. That's not going to fly as well. So if it doesn't make sense to you, sorry. This is where the liberty activists who want to move together have chosen to move. There are a couple other competing organizations. There's the uh, the Free State Europe. I don't know how they're coming along. Right. They, they're looking at Iceland, right? I don't know if anything's been chosen. It doesn't okay. sound like a terrible place to me. I have heard Swit- yeah. Switzerland's oh, yeah. another good choice. Yeah. Um, Liechtenstein sounds, seems like a pretty good place. Mm-hmm. Liechtenstein? Yeah, well, you can say it however you'd like. <laughs> and there's um, those... Go ahead. Oh, well, I've also heard of uh, the Free South Project, which is a new one coming up. I don't know if that's <laughs> that going to be... That sounds like a parody. Is it yeah. for real? Uh, I, as far as the I know, it's, a, a it's Southerners place. who don't want to move to New Hampshire where it's freaking cold. <laughs> I see. So they're going to pick something down there. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, 800. Was Delaware was one of the options. And yeah, that's Wyoming. It's true. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231. And population was a big factor in choosing the yeah. state. And all the southern states, pretty populated. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features we've got on the site there for you. In fact, if you want to support the show, you like the fact that we give you the website for free, you can go and do that by shopping. At Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase. So start your shopping over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. You know them, the world's largest internet retailer. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Since we've been talking about cop-related things, we started the the show out here tonight uh, with a story out of South Carolina regarding a jail that doesn't allow anybody who's living there, who's an inmate there, to receive books 
or magazines or newspapers, unless it's the Bible. So uh, that's where we started. But uh, the craziness doesn't end there. Delaware, Dover, AP reporting the head of the agency charged with enforcing Delaware's alcohol laws. Now, that's a pretty high-level bureaucrat, right? I mean, the alcohol enforcement bureaucracy is a well-funded government bureaucracy that has a whole lot of guns on its side. This is a big operation this guy's in charge of. I mean, it is Delaware, but still, I mean, as far as the the scale of governmental uh, enforcement goes, those guys take their alcohol laws pretty seriously. I mean, up here in New Hampshire, they actually operate. I don't know what how it is down in Delaware, but here in New Hampshire, they actually operate the liquor distribution monopoly. You can't buy liquor from anywhere except state government-run stores. Right. It's true. Beer and wine you can get at grocery stores. I think they loosened up on that, actually, over time. They but, are so generous, right? those bureaucrats. That's one of those things that really needs to change. I mean, from a, from a political perspective up here, that's something that needs to change. And, and if you start doing disobedience on that, you're looking at some pretty serious... Yeah. yeah. Well, well, good luck with that. I mean, that's such a major source of revenue for the state. They're yeah. not going to give that up easily. They have got their teeth sunken really deep into that industry. Absolutely. I mean, it would be interesting to see how some civil disobedience went on that, but we haven't really seen that uh, no. happening up here. Civil disobedience is a little bit of agorism uh, as far as there's a uh, moonshining, and there have that's been right. yeah, there have been you know home breweries, but other than that. So big, big bureaucracy this guy's in charge of. Sihoban Sul- Sullivan, excuse me, she, Sihoban Sullivan re- uh, submitted her re- resignation letter to the Secretary of Safety and Homeland Security on Friday, saying she was resigning effective immediately as director of the Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Enforcement. Sullivan was stopped for speeding early Thursday on Route 1 near Luz and subsequently charged with drunken driving. The 45-year-old Sullivan was released pending arraignment, which is scheduled for, I guess, a couple weeks from now, and had been placed on administrative leave with pay. But she is now resigning. You always wonder about this, because these stories do come out, judges and and folks like this. I think even here in New Hampshire, the Liquor Commissioner had a DUI. The Liquor Commissioner uh, had some dirty dealings. I don't think it was the DUI. Oh, it wasn't? but uh, he he was just recently was uh, sanctioned but not fired or something like that. I think suspended, not fired. Anyhow, um, when you'll see the bureaucrats and and you know th- those kind of folks get caught every once in a while in, in situations like this, like you would expect the average folks to. But you just wonder how many times do they get off with the ticket that the cop says, "Oh, don't worry about that, ma'am. Just go on, go on your when way." When the cop realizes who he's dealing with, yeah. and, and then some decides of them will, to... and I think some of them won't. And right. I just wondered, you know, it just it just kind of depends. This lady would clearly. <laughs> I mean, don't you think the offer was made? Look, officer, if you can forget about this ticket, I can make sure there's a nice uh, government job waiting for you at the, you know, the capital. Yeah, I would have loved to have been you know, flying the wall for that one. Yeah. Just to I see just, what happens. You know, and some of them some of them have what it takes. And they say, ma'am, it's my job to protect the people of South Carolina. Where is it? Delaware. Of Delaware. Delaware yeah. And I'm going to have to give you a ticket. You're coming with me. Yep, so uh, charged with drunken driving. The other interesting aspect of this is you might also expect that the lower-level bureaucrats would be the ones that uh, would be most likely to get caught. And I believe that's true. Um, the corruption does tend to rise through the ranks. They don't have as much to give if they, when they do get caught, you know. That's true. Uh, the corruption does tend to, uh, to rise through the ranks. And in this case, uh, this lady arrested for drunken driving. It makes you think, well, 
Is this another one of those cases where the person who is shouting the loudest about something that they, they want to prohibit, that they're the ones that have the problem? That they're the ones who the reason they want these laws is to somehow give them the reason not to do things. Or I, I remember when uh, the Liberty Activists went down to the city council committee meeting here in Keene about uh, repealing the open container laws. The only people who spoke out against it were city employees and one guy who moved here who used to be a cop down in Miami. So a whole bunch of bureaucrats. And I brought up the point that, you know, not everybody is belligerent when they're drunk. Not everybody is, uh, you know, an idiot when they're drunk. I use myself as an example. I'm a pretty calm guy when I'm drunk and Mm -hmm. I just kind of sit in the corner and smile and joke and... uh, Pam Slack, our our favorite of all the city councilors, just cackled as she does and mentioned, well, then you're lucky. But as I had... And it was funny, kind of in the way she said it, but also very revealing. Yeah, because I had said just before that, that it's more of a reflection of your personality, even when you're sober. When you're drunk, it just comes out even more. Like meatheads, when they, the frat boys, when they get drunk, you know, they turn into goons because that's what they are. And that's a very general lie. Is, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> stereotypes exist for a reason. Yeah. Uh, but, but but yeah, how interesting that and it, hers wasn't the only comment either. I don't remember who the other counselor was. There was another one oh, yeah. that also made some sort of uh, flippant remark about not being able to handle himself when he's oh, yeah. had too many. And it really bespeaks of who these people are and what they're trying to do. They want to control others because they know what their impulses are and they uh, and they are afraid of them. And so they they believe that everybody needs to have the same exact level of control, this one-size-fits-all formula that is whatever makes them feel better about themselves, but yet they continue to engage in the behavior secretly until it happens to get just splayed all over the news when one of them accidentally gets popped being a little sloppy. And, uh, and you, you know, you look at the stories about the Republican uh, senators that talk out about, you know, the, how they hate homosexuality, and then they get caught with, uh, you know, one of the pages but in the back office or in an elevator or something. Uh, you've got all kinds of examples of this where the people that are yelling the loudest are the ones that frequently are caught red-handed in the act. That much is true. This um, this bureaucrat, though, she's not really... She's just a licensing bureaucrat. You know, she's the top licensing bureaucrat. She doesn't really actually stop try to stop people from drinking or punish them for right. getting out of hand or anything um, like that. The Bureau of Alcohol and Tobacco well, Enforcement is absolutely an organization that is trying to... It's believe, a licensing organization. They believe, you better believe they've got commercials and uh, propaganda that they distribute that are mandated that people, you know, that are trying to supposedly reduce instances of accidents. Well, I can't speak to this to any truth, but I would imagine that she didn't grow up saying, when I grow up, I want to be the alcohol enforcement chief, you know, and I want to... I want to do this job. She was probably just a bureaucrat on some sort of city or state or county level and sort of just kind of fell into that place. Well, actually, uh, there's a little more here to the story. Sullivan was a woman in question, was a retired state or is a retired state police sergeant, was the commander of the executive mm-hmm. protection unit assigned to former Governor Ruth Ann Minner. So she's so this been is, this is an appoint, uh, appointment position. Who cares what it is? No, it's, uh, what I'm saying is, is that, hey. 
thanks for taking care of me as the bodyguard. I'm going to make you the head licensor of Could tobacco be. and, and yeah. alcohol. I just don't see that in this instance. That's not what I'm hearing Grease from, the from this, this situation. I just, I just hear, you know, I mean, think about it for a second. If you were governor uh, of, a, of a state, I mean, your friends, you don't think yeah. that they could, uh, that they might get better positions than other folks? Oh, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that she wasn't out giving speeches about how awful uh, drinking and driving is. It doesn't mean that. Well, drinking and driving is an easy thing to uh, to give a speech on, right? It's 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 not it's it's very difficult to take a stand like people should be able to people should have the freedom to drink and drive. I wouldn't st- take that. No, stand. I understand that, Mark. But I think the hypocrisy is pretty obvious, right? She is the top dog of the agency that is out promoting supposed safety uh, around the usage of tobacco and alcohol, which means driving. And yet she's caught behind the wheel, three sheets to the wind. Right. But I'm not saying it's not a special kind of hypocrisy when you're talking about people that have this this big thing for uh, you know a particular activity. So it's not it's not the gay senator trying to stop gayness, shaking his foot under the stall door. The, right. It's not the gay senator trying to stop gayness, but it is a lady who drinks too much and drives trying to stop drinking and driving. I don't. She's not about stopping and drinking and driving. She's about telling a uh, you know a particular place whether or not they can sell liquor or beer. And I uh, think those, you're, you're all those things are to laid out by the uh, the legislator. All she does is enforce it. It has nothing. It's not like she's out there chasing down drunk drivers. Uh, that's okay. That's not her job. Her job is to be the top bureaucrat of the uh, the administrative office Interpret that is in charge want, of all of that stuff. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything as we launch into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That again, 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI, and joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. Edward. All right, so uh, 800-259-9231. We, last hour, were talking about this Delaware Alcohol Enforcement Chief, the top dog, at the or, or who was the top dog at the Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Enforcement in Delaware has resigned after being stopped Thursday morning uh, for drunken driving. So, Mark, you were correct. I did check into the government bureaucracy she is in charge of. It is mostly enforcing the, the government's licensing and sales laws and all of that stuff. But that doesn't mean she's still not out there 
talking about ending uh, irresponsible drinking. And, uh, and and she is a offender. I just think it's interesting when this happens with the government bureaucrats. There's plenty of irony to it. I just didn't think that okay. the, ab- abs- the kind of irony you were talking about, it just it didn't seem exactly right. To me. I see where you're coming from. So just to, you know, I wanted to give you an update on that. 800-259-9231. Uh, so you can bring up absolutely anything and take control of the airwaves here as we continue. Since we're on the topic, let's go with a little corrupt co- uh, cops action. We uh, get these weekly, but we don't do them weekly just because we've got so much uh, to, to talk about here. If we stop the org does uh, deliver it, though. Every single week, there's always a new list of fresh cops getting busted or an update on an older story that they've mentioned before. This week's corrupt cop stories from StopTheDrugWar.org. We don't typically mention cases of drug use or paying for sex in this feature, but when it's a federal judge cavorting like a degenerate rock star, we think it's worth noting. In between coke-fueled trysts, is it trysts or trysts? Uh, Trysts is the term I've always heard used. This guy was hearing drug cases. Let's uh, get to it. In Atlanta, a federal judge was arrested last Friday on charges he bought and used drugs with an Atlanta stripper with whom he was having a sexual relationship. Senior U.S. District Judge Jack Camp Jr., age 67. Well, if he he had any other uh, career, I'd say go, guy, go. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) If you could afford this, because uh, it sounds like he was likely paying quite a bit. I don't imagine this young lady uh, was spending time with him because he was really interesting. 67-year-old. Yeah. Uh, he's accused of buying and using cocaine, and this also bring up the price tag. Stripper's going to be expensive enough, but yeah. cocaine, marijuana. If she's going to have to have sex with a uh, 67-year-old guy, she's going to want a lot of cocaine. Hydro- mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some women like the older men, right? I mean, they, it, it does happen. Sean Connery, Sean Connery, sexiest man in the in the world. Right. What was that? A decade and a half ago. Um, and indeed, that's. I, I'm not claiming that that's not true. I'm just. Yeah, but saying, he was 70 when he won that, or something like that. Three he was years older old. than this guy. And he was Sean Connery. Well, so uh, so I, I didn't finish the list of drugs here. Accused of buying and using cocaine, marijuana, hydrocodone, and oxycodone as he partied with the exotic dancer. When FBI agents arrested him, they found two illegal firearms and a bag containing blue pills and white powder in his car. He's been released on a $50,000 unsecured bond. What is an unsecured bond versus a secured bond? Uh, I didn't have to pay any money. I don't know. That doesn't sound like one. Can't say. Anyway, camp went down uh, because the stripper was also an FBI snitch who became cooperative with the feds after a drug conviction. The pair met on multiple occasions. They get cooperative after Mm -hmm. that, huh? The pair met on multiple occasions to get high and get down with camp, typically, although not always, providing the money and the stripper providing the sex and drugs. She recorded camp Sometimes she bought the coke? I can't believe it. Most, yeah. Are you feigning uh No, shock? I can't. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, she, honey, it's your gonna, time to buy the coke. Yeah, I just don't believe that. I mean, you know, <laughs> you're a federal judge and you're 67. You always buy the coke. I yeah. mean, it just seems the way the, the way it would go guy. down to me, yeah. Yeah. Well, presuming that he hangs out with the the right people to make that a possibility, right? Well, okay, so he gives her the money to buy it. I think that's the same thing. Oh, I see. Well, I would think that he would pay for the drugs. Yes, that was my. It thought. says she provided the sex and drugs, which means she was likely being. Paid. Oh, yeah, read she the sentence before that, though. Uh, with camp, typically, although not always, providing the money and the stripper providing the sex and drugs. So, so he didn't always provide the money. I, okay, I guess. Wow. Want to hmm. split an eighth ball with me, honey? 
In San Diego, a border inspector was arrested last Thursday for allegedly taking bribes to allow illegal immigrants and nearly five tons of pot to make it through the San Ysidro and Ote Mesas border crossings. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol officer Lauren Leslie Jones is charged with conspiracy to distribute marijuana, bribery, and immigrant smuggling. He faces 10 years on the first count and five years each on the latter two. Now, this is a story that as they continue to crack down on the border... Uh, presuming that's what they do, and it seems like that's the direction they're heading. As they continue to crack down on the border, you're going to start to hear more of, if you're paying attention, that is. You're going to start, because all of these Border Patrol busted stories are going to be little corner corner bits of a newspaper, if they appear in a newspaper at all. Uh, but if you're looking, you're going to start to see more of these, because, well, the more Border Patrol officers they have, the more Border Patrol officers need to be paid off in order to uh, to get your drugs or your immigrants through the border. Or whatever it is it's prohibited. That's the reality of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And you're also going to start to see a lot of these guys getting busted for dealing in multiple uh, things. It's not just going to be they're going to get caught helping out the marijuana dealers. They're, they've got likely agreements with all kinds of people. They're, they're likely working it as best as they can and getting paid on as many fronts as, uh, as possible to right. assist in smuggling. And I'm sure once you say yes once, you don't, get to, yeah, you don't get to say no after that. That's a good point yeah. uh, because if you start saying no, then they'll get suspicious of you, right? Right. They might decide that you're a risk, you're no. not worth it. Once you're in, you're in, you know. Yeah. Or then there's one way out. To leave, that might help. You could you could escape the area. Well, that yeah, you could quit out. your sweet government job. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, you, w- once you've stepped into the cement that is organized crime. Who's going to want to stop it? There's no there. stepping out because, well, the, these people are going to have video of what you've done. They're going right. to, you know, they're, they're going to have you locked stock and barrel so you either have the option of take the payments up, yeah picking up and moving to canada mm-hmm. or you're going to have to continue to, to do what we have to don't worry we're going to protect you we like you where you are on the border you're useful but at that point you're you're letting immigrants in you're le- uh, you know illegal immigrants in uh, drugs whatever kind mm-hmm. if you thought it was just okay for a truckload of marijuana to come through that was one thing but i don't want to see illegal immigrants and cocaine tough tough cookies pal do you think that they – I mean, would they have to go as far as Canada? Do you think they're they're frequently tracked down if they leave? Do the do the cartels get suspicious of somebody that just quits their government bureaucrat uh, job? I, I guess it depends on how, how long they've – how deep in they are. Um, but I would imagine that, yeah, they, they – especially if it was somebody from within their own organization or somebody who had been on the payroll for many, many years, that, yeah, they would chase them all across the country to find them. I would just think that uh, once you have, they if have they to make figured he was a threat. They have to make an example of him for the next guy who might decide. You know, I'd rather quit than uh, continue to do right. this. So they they they're going to turn they're going to you know turn you in or do if whatever. they consider you a threat. But what do they consider a threat? Is is just leaving your post? I mean, if you've been just a border patrol officer and you've been taking bribes to let uh, shipments through, and you decide you don't want to be a border patrol officer anymore, and you're tired of this, it's not about just, threats. You just up and leave. I mean, what about the next guy? I, I look. You work very hard as an organized criminal. You work very hard to, in order to get your guys that you can let, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get people through. So, so you, you think they don't let them, them go at all? You don't want them to leave. I'm just saying that that could be the way it is. Mm-hmm. If you want to be safe, you're going to need to leave the country. 
Well, if you want to be safe from, why would leaving the country make you any safer from organized crime? Because then it would be harder for them to turn you over to the to the the feds. Because then they could, they could just ship a, uh, a you know MP3 of you or MP4 of you uh, you know on video letting people through or something like that. They could do that. And if they've got that kind of level of uh, blackmail ability, maybe they wouldn't necessarily go out and kill uh, those folks. I don't know. I'm we're completely speculating. We oh, don't know what you know what these organized crime folks will do. We know they're willing to kill. I mean, certainly. The bodies continue to pile up in uh, in northern uh, Mexico and uh, the southern portion of the United States. There was a story I think I saw on Drudge Report today about some uh, agent, some Mexican agent that was up here investigating some killings, and uh, he ended up getting decapitated. Yeah, I think that was a uh, chief of police or something, relatively high-ranking. So these guys are certainly willing to send whatever message they want to. I mean, they'll threaten your family and all that. Of course, they wouldn't exist. It, it needs to be mentioned. That these people, these violent criminal folks, would not exist if it weren't for the war on drugs. The war on drugs and prohibition well, creates these people. I w- I'd like to say that they would exist. It would just exist in a different capacity. They would probably be doing something else. Yeah. How about that? Uh, they, they wouldn't be... You know, the marijuana distribution uh, w- rings would not exist. They would be legitimate. They would be above board, just like the alcohol distribution uh, companies in this country. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends. My name is Maka. I'm here to tell you about a wonderful new podcast that I've heard recently. It's called Verbal Surgery. And let me tell you, the verbal surgeon is in that fellow Tim Cummins. He's clever. He can make you laugh sometimes. Sometimes he'll make you want to cry. You'll want to be a better person. This podcast has changed my life. It's a miracle of broadcasting, I'm telling you. You must listen to it. Verbalsurgery.com. That's the one. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give ours away at freetalklive.com. One of the many features that you will get for free is the webcam. You can watch and listen and chat because our chat room is built into the same page uh, all for free over at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And it's brought to you by memorydealers.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They're in stock, ready to ship the overnight delivery. Check them out at MemoryDealers.com. Oh, by the way, just uh, it's been confirmed that in New Hampshire, the liquor commissioner, one of the liquor commissioners, did get a DWI earlier this year. So really? that's not what I a, thought. I think I actually, apologize. I might have read that story on one of the Sunday shows. I think that's where I heard that. From. It definitely sounds like something that should have been heard on Free Talk Live. And I, I don't remember everything I read even last week, let right. alone uh, back <laughs> right. in April. This must have been months ago. Yeah, it was a while back. Uh, so it's not unheard of for these government bureaucrats to just be caught doing the very things they in many cases uh, in many cases preach against we're still continuing here with uh, some more corrupt cop stories and then coming up the i guess um, anarcho-capitalism is it impossible and do we care 
Uh, we might get to that. Uh, plus, the New Hampshire and the, the NHPR has been reporting on some of the activism up here. We might share that with you as well. But you can bring up anything at 800-259-9231. Continuing from StopTheDrugWar.org, where in Philly, two uh, Philadelphia police officers... Oh, we can actually cover the lengthier version of this story. They were arrested for robbing a drug dealer, except it was an undercover officer. In Auburn, California, a former California Highway Patrol officer pleaded no contest on Monday to methamphetamine... And attempted murder charges. Ruben Salgado, 12-year CHP veteran, had been arrested in May after buying meth from an informant and was arrested again in June after trying to hire someone to kill the snitch. This guy is a serious thug. Serious criminal, yeah. Yeah. I mean, lots of times you, you, you really only scratch the surface, right? When, when we talk about the corrupt cops, it's usually they get caught uh, threatening somebody or they, they get caught dealing drugs or stealing drugs or stealing cash, kind of the, the run-of-the-mill stuff. It's pretty rare that they actually get caught in the midst of trying to hire a hitman or <laughs> attempting to murder somebody. Usually the people that are, are dealing drugs are not necessarily going to be killers. They, those aren't necessarily going to be... The killers w- rise to the very top, generally. Well, this guy was a 12-year veteran of the uh, the California Highway Patrol, and that's something that we also see. Just across the board, uh, you see people getting busted as high-level as the sheriff, all the way down to the low-level uh, lackeys on the squad, down from the uh, the rookies all the way up to the veterans on the force. Right. I, I read a story about a town in, outside of Los Angeles. The entire, like half the city council, the mayor, the city manager, all of them were in on this extortion ring that they had going on. That's scary. Well, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what they do, period. But well, how were I they mean, extorting differently from... They were, they were taking from the city budget, from the city's ah, money. Is that, yeah. Would that be embezzlement? Because doesn't extortion sounds, have to do... Right yeah, to okay, I guess right. you're right. Extortion well, usually involves threatening someone, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I, I suppose so. It, it's coercing somebody into, you know... Yeah, if you don't pay X, we're going to do yeah, So I y. guess it is embezzlement, yeah. And they were taking it, pocketing it for themselves, you know, buying big homes and fancy cars and all that stuff. And Who, who dropped the dime on them? I mean, that must have been how it went down, uh, right? Or did somebody look LA at the Times. books... Well, yeah, but so, did somebody go to the L.A. Times and kind of let them know so. to take a close look uh, at what's it, going on It was on the uh, attorney general, I believe, who actually... Uh... You know, it's when, when those stories like that come out, you, you want to believe in the system again, right? You, when you hear about the, in this case, the FBI busting uh, these cops for whatever corruption they're doing, or in that case, the attorney general busting uh, the, the, the city council members or the, the city manager and the, those bureaucrats for, for embezzlement, you, you want to think to yourself, or at least you might have used to, I don't think of this anymore, but maybe earlier on in my Liberty days, I would have thought, oh, see, see, the system works. See, we just need more internal affairs officers to uh, you <laughs> hold know, them accountable. Right, hire another layer of bureaucracy on top of the first layer to make sure that the first layer is doing the right thing. And then we'll finally see liberty if we could just have a little well, more government. Well, if Judge Judy over here wanted to go out and party with his stripper and uh, and do some coke and his blue pills, you know, by all means, go ahead. You know, just don't sit on the bench and put people in in cages for they, doing the very same thing. Exactly. You know he. He's if he's not doing anything wrong, which obviously, he, well, he he didn't think he was. Yeah, you know, otherwise <laughs> he didn't act like he thought he was. He should have. He had no excuse to uh, to know that, that yeah. he was breaking the law, right? He knew he's well breaking the law and doing something their wrong laws. is not the same right. thing. Yeah, and it's their laws, not mine. I never agreed to them, but they forced them on me anyway. So you've got uh, you know these different uh, layers uh, the, 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 of uh, bureaucracy where all of these folks, in many cases, are. 
at, at all different layers, they're involved in some slimy, slimy stuff. And you, of course, have to wonder, well, what do you do about this? The hiring of another bureaucracy is not going to solve the problem. It's just going to give more people greater power and the opportunity to be corrupt without anybody watching them. Didn't the Soviets learn that lesson? Having Who watches the watchers? Yeah. Let's hire another layer of bureaucracy to watch that layer just to make sure they're behaving this well. Instance, it goes on forever. What you're dealing with is people that are in a monopoly. And when you see a monopoly, you're always going to have inefficiencies. And that's what these are in the marketplace. Uh, the, you know, the monopoly is not policing itself properly. Of course, it can't. Um, it, and mm-hmm. you're never going to see it operating properly until it gets real competition and that's what this is about and the ability for people to not pay right and and governments tend to want to consolidate even even when you in home rule states you'll find that the state government that the power tends to go from the city where the towns the municipalities where it's supposed to be in home rule states up to the state uh, level and then you can obviously everybody can see how the government has moved from the state level to the federal level power mm-hmm. just tends to aggregate in a central uh, area so you know, right. Centralized and hierarchical, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they continue to add new layers of bureaucracy. Each bureaucrat would love to become an administrator, right? If, if you're just a low-level bureaucrat, and I'm, I'm speaking very generally. I'm sure there are plenty of bureaucrats that are very satisfied with the, the payment they're getting. But in many cases, upwardly mobile for a bureaucrat means getting people under them. So expanding the bureaucracy, coming up with a reason to add a new department or to expand an existing sure. department, uh, to get promoted into a new – if you expand the existing department, they'll have to hire a new manager in order to handle the extra employees. Right. And that Did could you, be you. They, they, in my town, they used to have a police department, a burgeoning police department. And what was the, the one thing that the, the chief of police there wanted, the elected you – know, the constable? I think he was – Another elected. truck, right? A police truck? No, he wanted the first thing he wanted was another employee. Ah, yes. You see, he, Someone to boss around. You got to have you got to have if you're going to have a chief of police, you got to have he's yeah, I'm not you're not a real chief until you've got people underneath you. The beginnings you. of his own little kingdom. Yes, yep. and that's exactly what he wanted. And then once they got that, they you know, they want uniforms. Because our, our town didn't want <laughs> uniforms, they didn't, you know, they didn't want what appeared to be, oh, you know, gosh. like a police department. And then they want a truck, and uh, you know, all these things. Yeah, it's always something. Yeah, I, it, I was working in a police station once when they were haggling over what type of uniform they were, or what kind of new jacket they were going to get for the winter. How long did that take? I mean, that the whole was, time I was there. I believe it. The, these I'm are sure. the kinds of things that bureaucrats will sit down and argue about for. Weeks. I don't want fleece because I have a dog. I'm going to come in covered in hair, you know. And <laughs> does it, just get, buy your own jacket. Was it? Oh, man, I don't remember the exact length of time, but I remember reading that um, Amtrak, I guess their board debated what color to make their blinds for something like two years. <laughs> More co- coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You bring up anything. April 19th, 1775. Ordinary Americans clobber the dreaded British Army at Lexington and Concord. How they did it is one of history's most inspiring stories. But one secret was that the Americans were simply better shots. Now, if you come to an Appleseed shoot, you'll learn that unique American skill of rifle marksmanship, and you'll hear the real story behind our nation's birth. Thousands of patriots nationwide have already experienced the Appleseed shoot, so why not you? Go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you are invited to uh, visit our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find a lot of features on the site, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have sent in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com, get the details, and if you're a lady listener, you can get on board over there, shrine.freetalklive.com. Totosack, the one-trip wonder for hauling goods for your vehicle to your home, is now available for fundraisers and small independent resellers of general merchandise. Totosack is a retail grocery bag carrier that handles more than you can. It's like this uh, It's this recycled, completely green hook mm-hmm. that you uh, you can go to totosack.us and check it out. And it, it, It's not colored green. No, it's not colored right. green. It's uh, green in the sense it's environmentally friendly. <laughs> it's it's envious of us all. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Go there to totosack.us and see one. Good I, product. Yeah. It, it's, it's yeah. Very, makes it very, very convenient. It's a great product, actually, and that would be a, right. That'd be a great uh, product for him to get marketed at, you know, like store checkout counters. A good impulse buy. Yeah. Oh yeah, right by the candy bars and the the what are they called? The paparazzi magazines. Yeah, exactly. When you're looking at stuff that you're gonna, you're thinking about taking the bags home from. Uh, Ooh, Brad know, and Angelina are breaking up again. Yeah, right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can bring up anything. Uh, take control of the airwaves. So we were talking about who watches the watchers. This idea that. In this governmental structure that we're currently faced with, they their solution to problems, to problems of corruption, well, usually it's just to say, all right, we're going to reorganize the department. And then when that doesn't work, uh, the solution is, well, uh, the head agent is going to step down, and then we're going to reorganize the department. And uh, <laughs> eh, that doesn't really work. But it does succeed for the bureaucracy in that it, in many cases, deflects public opinion. It kind of allows the people that are paying attention to uh, the corruption story to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm taking care of it. Yeah, new guy, new guy, new re- reorganized. That's a big deal. It d- hasn't happened in 20 years. Uh, so they always put this out there like, look, look what we're doing. We've solved the problem. Shh, no worries now. Oh, that's old news. Now we've got it under control. Just go back to sleep. Watch Dancing with the Stars. And don't you worry about what's going on over here at the Alcohol Enforcement Bureaucracy Police Department. You fill in the name uh, of the government bureaucracy. As Luther was pointing out, there's a group of bureaucrats in a California city or a town that were busted for just widespread corruption and embezzlement. So look the other way. We've changed out the actors on the stage. Of course, the play is uh, exactly the same, which is where they tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, they hurt you. So the yeah, s- they, would, they would never bother introducing, say, competition into the marketplace, right? Well, no. That, as you mentioned before, that would destroy their monopoly, and that would make them immediately accountable. And it would completely, likely upend many of the things that they do and the way that they, uh, the way that they do things. Because the incentives when you can steal your budget are entirely different than the incentives where you have to please customers. You have to provide a, a valuable product or service to people on a voluntary basis. Uh, the incentives in many cases are totally backwards. When you have uh, a monopoly, you then get to do whatever the F you want to do, and they'll pay whatever the F you demand, pretty much. There's a certain point at which, if you raise it too much in a s- short period of time, people will get too upset and they'll balk. Yes. Uh, but, but over time, you That's can... That's what you're seeing kind of with a Tea Party thing right now. 
It's just balking, though. They won't do much more than that. No, they'll balk it. and they'll, they'll elect they'll some new people. At, at this point, you know, they, they still think that there's some kind of uh, solution. And I, that's the kind of hope that I have for the, the federal system is, is that we saw what the Republicans will do. hope left. Wow. What's that? You have hope left I for have the a federal amount system. Of hope here uh, that, uh, that we saw what the Republicans you will utopian. do. Utopian. From uh, 2000 <laughs> to 2006, when they were all in there, we saw what the Democrats will do from uh, two, uh, 2008 to 2010, when they were all in there. And at some point, people will just say, you know, all these politicians stink. That's what my hope is, is that it just keeps the pendulum keeps swinging back and forth and they, they finally see. The more the pendulum swings, the bigger the government gets, though. And uh, just keeps if they see what it is, I hope they don't see that there's any solution to the federal government. I, I'm all in favor of people seeing what's really going on. But to think that they can somehow change what's going on by electing a new guy uh, is really what people need to get over. That's one of the things they need to see for, for what, what really is. And that is that electing new people into a system that is inherently corrupt, uh, a system that doesn't have the correct incentives, is going to, in many cases, corrupt even the so-called good guys uh, that get into that particular system. So what to do? Well, the government solution is always new bureaucracy, always uh, more control, more regulations, more bureaucrats overseeing other bureaucrats. But until we can get to the point where the marketplace is providing these typically government-provided products or services, we'll never really have anything that is close to change. Nothing will ever go in the right direction because the system is just completely backwards. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231, that's the the number. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. Of course, in the marketplace, everybody is very concerned. The marketplace providers, the more of them there are, the more concerned they are with you. If there are only a handful of providers, you know, you're going to get better customer right. service well, than if, the government. If they can, if they can get away with uh, using the government to force their way of doing things down on the, uh, the buying like public. Like a power company. They'd love to do that. Like a power company, sure. where, That's, where power they're company a granted monopoly. monopoly. So you've got a government monopoly, which is like the most controlled, backwards, crazy situation where all of the reverse incentives are in place. Then you have the next step toward freedom, which is a government-sponsored uh, monopoly or a government-mandated uh, monopoly like the power company. It's not really a big step. It's a step, but not really a big not one. Not a big one, no. Uh, in that, you know, they're, they're uh, maybe a little more responsive to critique and, and what the public might want. Uh, of course, uh, beneath that, you then have getting closer to, toward more freedom. You've got the licensing uh, situation where the government arbitrarily, the government people arbitrarily decide how many individuals or companies will be allowed to operate in a given industry sector. And they offer pieces of paper to people who will jump through hoops and pay cash uh, to their, their government masters in order to be allowed to operate in that particular sector. And so some of those sectors are larger than others. You know, they're very restrictive, for instance, on taxi cabs in, in New York City. Uh, so it all depends on where you are. Uh, beyond that would be a true unregulated market. There's still another step be, uh, past sort of the, the licensing of people to do business as, say, a contractor or something like that. And that's the, this, this lower level of licensing that requires people to, say, have certain types of bathrooms for people with disabilities okay. or something. And I'm, I'm not saying you or should Or an have, occupancy permit or something like that. Yeah, like this, this kind of licensing that says that, uh, well, it, it, businesses are required to do all kinds of things in the United States, where if, 
you know, if somebody <laughs> if somebody in a cart pushing along the street could compete against a grocery store, well, you would see that they'd have less overhead or something um, like that. And the, this is this is areas that you really get into the gray uh, gray areas because you're talking about a street which is public property, but it's meant for cars driving along. And so, the, you know, who regulates who gets to be on it? And it, it makes it makes for a very confusing situation. I'm just saying that there's other levels you're right of, about that. of licensing and, and um, you know, control. Lower levels of, of control, certainly. And then there would be the true, uh, the, you know, the, the, what we're looking for, I think, most of us, that love liberty is the, the true free marketplace. And when that happens, it's not really looked upon very kindly. Luther, you have personal experience with this, uh, where the, the cops here in Keene, New Hampshire, targeted you and uh, some of your friends uh, for a crackdown when you just tried to go out and offer products and services to people one day. Well, yeah, I I figure, you know, if we all collectively own the uh, common areas like Railroad Square here in town. So is the claim, at least. So is the claim. Uh, of course, we don't own it. The city owns it, as the police kindly <laughs> explained to me. Um, but, you know, the idea was just, you know, why not use that as a, a, a medium to allow people, folks to come together and, you know, set up a little marketplace, a, a flea market, to be more specific. But if you have junk that you just want to get rid of, just take it down to the square. I mean, it used to be done back in the day. Central Square was used uh, to hold public auctions every weekend. But they came in, they cracked down, and it should be interesting to see what happens with the Free Keen Fest, which is going to happen this weekend in the very same location. A little later on, it's not going to start as early, it's going to start at noon, so more people should right. be able to be there and for the beginning. I'm thinking that's part of where I went wrong. Numbers are very important. There were only a handful of us initially during the, uh, yeah, during like five. the, the flea market, and so they were easily able to outnumber us. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there completely free. Uh, head on over there, enjoy them. And if you like the show and you like the fact that we give you the website for free, then you can become an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the program, get on more radio stations across the country, bring more internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Uh, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up and you'll get access to uh, neat perks like the, um, the Amp Only Forum as well as the Amp Only Podcast. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. Jason Osborne from Cycle CAI is an amplifier. He recommends you do it too. Cycle CAI, they collect with respect. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, one more, and then to the phones we will go. Uh, one more corrupt cop story from stopthedrugward.org. Remember, the corrupt cop stories we're talking about just within the last week, these have been uh, reported on. So there's always something fresh out there at StopTheDrugWar.org. In Oklahoma City, a former state narcotics officer pleaded guilty September 29th to federal charges in a gun-running 
Ring, where some of the weapons ended up in Mexico, former Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs agent Francisco Javier Reyes admitted taking money to buy military-type rifles in Oklahoma for a Mexican national and paying two friends to purchase rifles for him. He pleaded guilty to one count each of conspiracy and transferring firearms to an out-of-state resident. Each crime carries a maximum penalty of five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. So, uh, So gun running is sometimes what the police will involve themselves in. Typically, you'll, you'll see drugs, uh, stealing cash from drug dealers, uh, and sometimes you'll see gun runners. Or, as we mentioned earlier, there was also a few folks that were helping sneak people across the border. And many of these activities, I don't oppose. I mean, sell drugs, that's fine. Uh, help people cross the border, I'm fine with that, too. I have no problem with, with people coming here to make a better life for themselves uh, or sell guns. But the hypocrisy is what I have a problem with, where these people on one hand say one thing and then on the other somebody hand do for another. Doing, it, <laughs> doing yeah. the same thing. Yeah. If only these guys had the integrity to, uh, to, not go a- to not go after peaceful people, to not go after people that are, are not doing harm to others. And they, and they put up the, uh, the mask of being protector and servant and hero, you know. And they're not. I'm a public servant. They're serving themselves. Yeah, serving themselves. They, uh, or they're serving... Serving themselves a heaping pile of public. They're exactly right. Yeah, really, it's all about how you look at it, uh, because they're never actually serving you or I. They're serving their masters. On one hand, they're serving their masters in the state. They're Mm -hmm. doing what the legislators uh, tell them to do. In some cases, they're doing whatever the F they want to. And if they get caught, then they have to look at the judge and the judge will decide whether or not they've, uh, you know, they've done anything wrong. Usually the judge will decide that whatever they're doing is is A-OK. In many cases, these cops can get away with murder. So in some cases, they're serving the state. And in other cases, they are serving themselves. Well, typically, they're serving both at the the same time. They're going to serve the state to keep their job and they're going to serve themselves to... Give their job a few more perks, a few Isn't more benefits. Isn't that how uh, armed gangs work? So let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Johnson is in Connecticut on the amp lines. Hello, Johnson. Hey, so um, I have this sort of little project that I started doing. Um, just sort of I was interested in doing it because a lot of activists have gone to jail, and I, I wanted to sort of do my part to write them letters, and I thought that, if I'm going to be writing letters to activists, what I would do is something maybe a little bit more creative to help people pass the time. Um, so I decided I was going to start sending games. Um, and I looked on the Internet to find all these different principal games um, to use mail to jail to send these people, like crossword puzzles, mazes, uh, brain teasers, a printable deck of cards, a uh, chessboard, et cetera, et cetera, something that they could do to pass the time. And I just got a little bit of news um, back in relation to that that has me a little bit bummed, and I just wanted to either both kind of report on it and maybe get some feedback from you guys. I, I think it's a great it. idea, by the way. Before you get to the news, I think that's it's pretty brilliant. I don't know. There may be somebody else doing something like it somewhere in this country, but uh, to to get it out there, to promote it, I think it's fantastic. Right. I never know what to write to people when they're in jail, and so I just end up not doing it, and I feel bad about it later. Sometimes uh, I don't write much. I'll send a postcard because it's usually like, wow, thanks for doing what you're doing. Uh, you're, you're inspiring a lot of people or something short like that. Or if there's somebody I'm more familiar with, uh, it'll be... Like kind of an update on some of the things that are going on on the outside and and mail to jail, uh, which you can go to mail mail to jail dot com. You can write to some jailed New Hampshire liberty activists 
that allows you to you just pretty much write up whatever you want, and then the Mike Barsky and the rest of the folks over at Mail to Jail will print it out. They'll print up the envelopes. They'll stamp it. They'll put it in the uh, in the mail. It makes it really easy. So it's easy to kind of grab some stories off of like freekeen.com or freegrafton.com and and paste them into uh, to a Mail to Jail. But I'm with you, Luther. It's it's hard for me to just think up stuff to. Uh, well, my life on the outside sure is great. Yeah. How is it on the inside? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that sounded exactly. That was like exactly my thought process. And I was like, you know, if I send them. You know, and my thought was, hey, if I start sending them stories from Freaking or do this, I'm sure like a bunch of other people are already doing this or sending something similar. So I thought, you know, hey, even if I do send games and if someone else is sending games, chances are we're not going to be sending them the same games. You know, like, yep, so, that's true. So, uh, you know, I, I figured, you know, and this will be a great way to help pass the time because one thing I've, I've heard from anyone who I've known to be in jail is that it's boring. <laughs> Yeah, and that's really yep. the worst thing about it is how boring it is. So if I can <laughs> alleviate that and make it better, um, you know, bonus. So, so what happened? I got a little bit of bad news. I sent uh, recently uh, games to uh, Lauren Canario and Mama Alley, and you know I don't know uh, about Lauren Canario yet because you know, well I haven't heard back, haven't been able to hear back yet. But I got a message back from uh, G about uh, Mama Alley was not able to receive my games. Apparently, Cheatham County stopped the letter. And uh, I guess, let me read word for word these two sentences here. He says, hey, thanks for sending Alley a letter. She wanted to tell... She wanted me to tell you she couldn't get it because of something that was photocopied. There's a question mark there. What? Uh, She was told it was a crossword puzzle, but he capitalized cheat. (laughs) But Cheatham County, Mm-mm. you never know. So uh, there's more, but I mean that that was that's which you didn't photocopy anything, right? You just printed it straight out from graphics you put up from what you found on the internet. That's correct. Everything was printed. There was no photocopies. So uh, who knows what their obscure, ob- obtuse rule is? Why, why no. would that even matter? Just random arbitrary government rules. Well, you can send in an original handwritten letter, but you can't send a photocopy. I wonder if, I though, <laughs> I, I made some this time around. <laughs> See, when I sent games, the first person I sent games to was Dave Ridley, and he really enjoyed the idea, and that's what, what made me sort of really want to continue doing this. Um, and, and with him, I just pulled games off the internet. This time around, I made uh, some, I actually went through the effort of making a custom crossword puzzle on a custom word scramble wow. and stuff like that. That's uh, great. Just some of those games, because I figured I'll be able to reprint them and send them to different people as you know, uh, people end up going to jail. And I wonder if uh, some of these bureaucrats uh, took the time to actually look at the games and, and had a problem with uh, the content. The fact that some of them... Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. It's quite possible. I uh, mean, I had some stuff like statist, and you know, like words <laughs> in the words grammar, like statist and sovereign, and you know, words like that. So uh, you know, I don't know. It's certainly possible. I mean, we don't know what the arbitrary rules are for all the different jails. It seems like even within the same governmental system, the jails can still have arbitrary rules of their own. So even in, like, for instance, New Hampshire, there are different jails in each county. But each county is, or I think in most of the counties, uh, in, in each county, the su- uh, superintendent has some level of uh, decision-making ability over the arbitrariness of the, 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 the facility's policy. Discretion. Contact GM and ask them for a refund on the postage. Who? Contact who? Cheatham County Cheatham Jail. County. Oh, Cheatham. I'm sorry. I thought you said Jim. I'm like, wait, what? No, 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 Cheatham County. Do you think I should contact the jail and ask them for a refund on my postage? You could do that. I don't think it's going to get you anywhere. <laughs> Good luck. They'll put you on hold. They'll uh, put you into a voicemail and they'll never call you back. Yep. Right. That's my prediction. 
Well, well I think it's I, great. I, I mean, now, go ahead. I was going to say, I think for now I'm going to continue uh, sending the games and, and, you know, I hope that they get through. If uh, I think in most cases they will. Yeah, I, well, I would certainly hope so. If it continues to be a problem, though, I will uh, report back in. I will try and find out more information. Hopefully I can get back information and find out if there was any specific reason that anything was uh, blocked. Does, this, do you guys know if, if, if a letter is blocked while an inmate is incarcerated, if they... Upon their release, did they get all their mail? Good question. Mark, did that happen to you? I mean, did you get handed, when you were in prison for nine years, did you get handed a boatload of letters afterwards? That, I couldn't yeah. have cared less. No. Right. <laughs> I never got held. Um, if, if my mail got held, it got returned. Yeah, it would, make sense, it would make sense that they would just reject it. They would probably write reject it on it, return to sender, or stamp it, and it would likely come back. Uh, but then again, yours didn't, did it? They just tossed it? It's not come back yet. I don't know. Huh. If, uh, I don't know if it would be back yet. Thanks, Johnson, for the call tonight. Uh, and if you ever get that, you know, to the point where it has its own website or anything, don't forget to uh, give us a call and let us know. We'll, we'll put the word out. Gamesforjail.com. Yeah, it's a great idea. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number three is coming up. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top 10 list. She's awful and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. JohnDennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever is on your mind, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com, and uh, tonight it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. All right, uh, 800-259-9231. So... Allegations are, and the site on this one is the Examiner, and I think Examiner is pretty much a website that anybody can write for. So I'm not sure, you know, to what level of veracity these claims uh, rise, but nonetheless, it's interesting. Right through the back door, according to James Williams at the Atlanta Examiner, Atlanta Wellness Examiner, right through the back door, while everyone was focused on the Gulf oil spill, Barack Obama gave his signature to legislation permitting the U.S. government to outlaw supplements and alternative health treatments. That means that the supplements you take and therapies you use to keep your body healthy can now be made illegal by the Centers for Disease Control and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Disturbing. It doesn't mean they have made any of them illegal yet, but it's opening the door to possibilities. 
Uh, Obama quietly gave permission for Codex Alimentarius, the United Nations worldwide plan for food standards to take effect in the United States via Executive Order 13544. The president's decision creates the National Prevention, Health Promotion, and Public Health Council, a group of experts, so-called, that carry out whatever activities Obama and likely his corporate uh, buddies would deem appropriate. Because, remember, all of these government councils and administrations and uh, licensing bureaucracies are frequently controlled by the very same people that they are purportedly licensing and controlling. Oftentimes, it'll be, they'll be sitting on the same boards and things. Sure, or they're formerly of the right. uh, the company, and now the they're on the board. Now. So there's that uh, point, and then there's this idea of just kind of the, the government system, right, where you're taught in school that, well, kids, there's the three branches, and the legislative branch makes the laws, and the executive branch passes and executes them, and then there's the judicial branch, and they make sure everything's co- constitutional. Do they mention executive orders in uh, your government uh, education class no. and right. that kind of category of just incredible power that this uh, this man can wield? Uh, and these government uh, presidents for over years have been just adding on executive order after executive order, and they cover all manner of things. And it's it's rare that they rescind any. So they just get in and they just pile more executive orders on top of uh, other executive orders. And so this one apparently can create a whole new board or bureaucracy or whatever without even, you know, going through the government's legislature. So, you know, they just kind of do whatever it is that, uh, that they want to do. According to uh, some cl- uh, claims, after five years of fighting the bill in Congress and the House, Obama has decided to try to kill the supplement and alternative health industry. Although uh, all alternative health remedies can be de- uh, deemed as unscientific and not provable by the FDA, which can lead to them being banned. Now, this Codex Alimentarius thing has been ba- uh, been lurking around about, a long time. Yeah, for for years, as long as I can remember. On doing this show, we've had people calling in and watch out. Yeah, and talking about this Codex Alimentarius. Right, right. You know, to be beware that this is coming. And is it really here? Is this uh, is this the beginning of the end for the 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 supplement industry? It's not likely that they're going to go right out and ban supplements, but maybe they'll create licensing or some level of licensing that doesn't exist. I don't know what currently exists, but uh, some level of uh, extra control over the industry that doesn't already exist, thereby putting certain manufacturers out of business and making it so there are fewer competitors in that particular marketplace. And the competitors that are likely to have success are going to be the, you know, the, the pharmaceutical manufacturers that are the major players already mm-hmm. in, uh, in these areas. And they'll be under the heel of uh, these types of politicians, you know, telling them what to put in their products maybe or? mandates yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. i believe that's part of the uh, the codex alimentarius and you know, as to how much vitamin c that you're allowed to get in a dose you, you know they take the super doses right off the marketplace yeah yeah i mean that doesn't make any sense i mean everybody's nope. going to be different everybody's going to have different needs of what but type of d- government knows best <laughs> Sure, sure. Oh, people how are silly different. of me i see now ian sure people are different but we need to have guidelines for them because there's always you know there's always a point where it's too much for everybody. So we need to just make sure that our experts have been able to tell these irresponsible corporations what they need to do. Which, of course, actually means that, again, the major corporations who are already pretty much under the control of the, the federal government and, and controlling the federal government, they work together, are going to be using this and this new board that's been created, if it's, uh, if it's true. And I have no reason to disbelieve it, but... 
uh, and if it's not true, it would come about eventually. These uh, these boards would have the excuse to regulate, add on new regulations to this, these industries, thereby just killing the small guy, the little mom and pop manufacturers that are out there that are putting together their own supplements. And that you know, and to somebody that's listening to that, that might say to them, "Well, you're talking about somebody that's mixing together supplements in their kitchen." Well, I don't know what their company is like. I don't know what who we're talking about. There are a variety of different people out there that are coming up with different treatments and at different levels of investment as far as manufacturing facilities are concerned. And if that's what's interesting to you as a customer, you should look into it. You should check into the company that you're buying uh, pills from. If you, How many people just walk into uh, buying supplements without actually checking into anything? I think more uh, do that now than, than would in a marketplace where this was – where you didn't trust the FDA or whomever to uh, check on these things. The, the suggestion is that, uh, that, that the government is keeping you safe all over in everything you buy. And uh, I think that in a marketplace where, you know, you would... You'd have a situation where people would have to be, uh, you know, brought to court in a, in a tort situation that uh, things would be different. So your thoughts are welcome on this. Maybe you're a little bit more familiar with the situation and what it is uh, that's, that's going on out there. But these things always tend to work in the same manner. We weren't uh, just a couple weeks ago talking about the issue with the, the oh gosh, I forget, always forget the name of these bureaucratic laws. They're so lengthy typically. The Consumer Protection Safety Improvement Act or something like that that is essentially going to put small toy manufacturers out of business because they're mandating that these toy manufacturers get lead testing. Even if you're product doesn't have any capability of having lead in it if it's just a wooden block you'll have to have it tested at the cost of a whole bunch of money thousands you know possibly thousands of dollars for a small mom and pop manufacturer that's hand making toys it's going to put them out of business and for a mom and pop manufacturer that may be just getting the bills paid and paying the employees uh, manufacturing supplements this new regulation set of regulations this new set of controls could put them out of business too and that's bad for freedom. That's bad for, uh, for those businesses. It's bad for those employees. It's bad for the marketplace because you don't have the innovators. Sure, some innovation comes out of uh, the big companies, but a lot of innovation comes out of the little places. A lot of the innovation stifled by the the patenting process and things like that. They, uh, they you know, these companies will. Uh, for instance, I was just talking to a, a company that that uh, sells medications, and they were ta- they were saying that um, that a drug company has uh, come out with. A, a, Basically, two of its drugs that were previously patented, they put them together into one pill and then patented that. Really? So they, um, you could buy these two other pills in the generic and get the same thing. Mm-hmm. But if your doctor prescribes, you know, Salaxophen, and uh, Salaxophen is really just uh, uh, Plexar and, and Doolittle um, stuck together, <laughs> then you could buy the, the generic of Plexar and Doolittle, but the, the, the Salaxophen is what you've got the prescription for. So you, you have to know these things um, in order to get the, uh, get the generics. Yeah, so the control just keeps coming down. They keep creating new bureaucracies, adding in more levels of regulation and more control, and it's, it's just... It's no surprise when people are shuttering their doors, and that's not going to improve the economy. Having fewer uh, people in the marketplace offering products and services is not going to make things better. And what's the problem right now? Is there a big epidemic of danger in the supplement industry? Frequently, when you look at buying supplements, and there are plenty of purveyors, you can get supplements uh, from the local nature shop, 
to uh, online to the you know multi-level marketing i mean there are so many different supplement purveyors and one of the things that you constantly see when you look at the companies and their websites and their the profiles that they're offering is oh here's our manufacturing standards and we're up to these standards and you know we've got these clean facilities and we get our shells from the deepest parts of the ocean and they're always kind you know yeah, trying to one something. up they're always trying to one-up each other on why their supplement, why their little pill is uh, so much more special. So what's the problem? Are there, is there a big wave of supplement overdosing out Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com, and joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there totally free. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're yours totally free. In fact, if you uh, go back into the archive section, you can go all the way back to late 2006. All free for you at freetalklive.com and brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Just use our portal there. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. Get your first month completely free at hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, so you can bring up uh, whatever it is that's on your mind. And I was looking through this federal order thing here that they have, the federal government, uh, Barack Obama, signing an executive order, which is not uncommon and also not necessarily good for you. Uh, These government presidents have been signing them for decades and just piling them up, creating new boards and advisors and programs. I don't think they can create a whole new program out of an order. I don't know. I don't know what the extent of the uh, control that these executive orders can. Well, they can do whatever they want. Who has standing to uh, to To stop them from doing it? I don't I mean, know. Remember when Ron Paul, uh, the 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 state, the U.S. representative, brought suit against the United States government for I can't remember what violation it was, uh, what unconstitutional things. They said he didn't have standing. You don't have standing as a citizen to bring suit against your government for forcing you to pay for whatever you know arbitrary program they have. So here's the actual order. Uh, some of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's, it's it's actually only four pages, but it's four of the most boring pages you can likely <laughs> imagine uh, laying eyes on. And as the ex- Examiner article points out, a lot of it sounds very positive, right? If you were to, to read this article as somebody who is of a statist orientation, you would think, man, this is fantastic. Go Gov. Right, right. They're looking out for people. Let me share it with you. We'll see. Maybe uh, the examiner is looking at this the wrong way. Maybe I'm looking at it the the wrong way. Maybe I'm being too skeptical. So you guys tell me. Uh, Section 3, Purposes and Duties. 
The council shall provide coordination and leadership at the federal level among all executive departments and agencies with respect to prevention, wellness, and health promotion practices, the public health system, and integrative health care in the United States. This kind of reminds me of from the book 1984, how every morning they had to get up and do their exercises mm-hmm. and uh, they were watched. If they weren't doing the exercises, you know, they were, you know. You're hurting the public if you're not doing the exercises. You're harming society. Right, right. You don't have a right to be unhealthy. Right. Well, if you're unhealthy, then that's going to that's gonna cost society because they're going to have to take care of you. You can't just be not doing your jumping jacks or smoking cigarettes or, or whatever it Drinking is Drinking soda in a public school. I'll tell you what, mister. Whatever it is, whatever arbitrary standard they come up with. And that's what these folks' job is. This commission is is tasked, one of the things they're tasked with doing is coming up with, you know, arbitrary things that they can foist upon people. Part B, develop after obtaining input from relevant stakeholders. Who are those relevant stakeholders? Wouldn't, Big corporations? Mm. Yeah, I, I would assume it would be anybody who has a stake in the government, be it everybody who's, you know, commanded by them, well, but... Yeah, you would think that it was uh, anybody who could take a supplement and might benefit from that supplement, but I think we all know better than mm-hmm. that. Like yeah. the who federal has a government stake in the government's actions. <laughs> yeah. Right? You think the government gives a flying flip at a rolling donut at what you think on any of their other laws? So why right. in the world <laughs> would they care on this one? I mean, yeah. show me a little evidence, would you? A national, well, some government bureaucracies have this public comment period, like the FCC. They open up for public comments. Do you really think that makes a difference? I don't. I, no. I don't I, who who goes? Like like the committee meeting that we spoke of earlier. You know, they didn't care. They, they made had, up their minds. Yeah, they had their mind made up before we even walked in the door. Yep. So uh, develop after obtaining input from relevant stakeholders. A national prevention, health promotion, public health. And we know what public health uh, means. That means the government deciding what is and uh, and what is not important for their vision of what the public should entail, of uh, of what it should mean. So, uh, healthcare strategy that incorporates the most effective and achievable means of improving the health status of Americans and reducing the incidence of preventable illness and disability in the United States, as further described in Section Five. <laughs> Part C: Provide recommendations to the President and Congress concerning the most pressing health issues confronting the United States and changes in federal policy to achieve national wellness. Now, that just sounds wonderful, doesn't it? National wellness. Who could be against that? Who could be against national wellness? What's wrong with wellness? Doesn't that fatties? Well, and America is fairly overweight. I mean, as far as the the population, have here. you ever seen all the things that they that are recommended for you to do in order to stay healthy? The the the, the supplements that you're supposed to take on a daily basis, how much you're supposed to intake on this that eating and the other, and what the outcome supposed to be how how much you're supposed to weigh uh, in comparison to how tall you are body mass index yeah. Right. So um, and when you find out that, in fact, uh, there there are plenty of they don't even know uh, they can't even tell the difference between a a muscular guy and a fat guy on these uh, these these BMI uh, tests that they have. Oh, it's Mm -hmm. incredibly faulty system. But if you were to if you were to do everything that has been recommended as far as health goes and how often it changes, your whole day would be just stuck doing that. It'd be crazy. Yeah. And trying to keep up with, like you said, the changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milk's good for you. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Don't eat eggs. 
But they do eat, eat eggs. eggs. Yeah. They're, 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 they're right. the incredible edible egg. <laughs> don't eat that margarine because butter's got too much fat in it. Wait, don't eat those trans fats that are in the margarine. They'll kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's just all over. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and, and so National Wellness... That sounds like one of those Orwellian term terms where exactly. you know, to people that are do-gooders and I, and that I don't really care for that term. People that are in favor of the state, in favor of the government controlling things, will look at that and they'll say, "Well, how could you be against national wellness?" I'm not against people being well. I'm just against the idea of the government deciding what means or what wellness means. I'm sorry, citizen. We're going to have to take you away from your family now. Oh, I you saw bought, a crap campaign. <laughs> you bought too many boxes of Lucky Charms this year, and that is not contributing to our national wellness. I, it seems absurd, right? Well, but, yeah, I, I, they can take your kids away for this stuff. Right. And, and so somebody, in this case, this group of bureaucrats who will be appointed, I think, will decide what it means to be well. They'll decide what national wellness is, and then they'll figure out ways to encourage you. They always use words like that. The government uses these uh, these terms that are covers for their actual what they do. Like when a cop asks you to do something, sometimes they're actually asking, sometimes they're ordering you. So are they just going to encourage people to be well? Is it just going to be a big public relations campaign, or is it going to I be more? I strongly encourage you, citizen. <laughs> We're encouraging you with this cage over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how's it going to play out? We don't know. Uh, but I think that some of these the, the terms they're using definitely can be looked at in uh, different ways than they're intended, I think, or that some people would believe. 800 259 9231, uh, you can take control of the airwaves here. If Frank stays on, he'll tell us what he thinks about this. From the inside, Frank, a member of the Illuminati, apparently, is uh, is on the line uh, with us to explain the grandiose plans that maybe we, uh, us little people, are missing here. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Got a lot of features on that site, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Our webcam is there. The mobile site is there as well. You can get on via your smartphone and get quick access to the various different streams we have as well as podcasts at m.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. Now then, coming up soon, the Liberty Forum, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. I don't have the dates yet, but we'll announce them. I believe they actually have been decided upon. I'm not positive on that. But start uh, thinking about 
planning for uh, sometime, I believe it's in late March. And Mark, if you can pull that up, that would be great. Uh, but freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum is uh, usually the place to go to get this, uh, get the details on a, just a great time and a great excuse to come up to New Hampshire and kind of check out the lay of the land, get to know some of the great liberty-minded activists that have already made the move here as part of the Free State Project, an organization designed to bring as many liberty-minded people together into the same place as possible. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Free State Project and then learn more about the Liberty Forum, which we've had the pleasure of being able to broadcast live from uh, for the last, I think, four years now. I believe this may be our fifth year at the Liberty Forum. It is an absolute blast. All kinds of liberty-oriented folks from not just around New Hampshire, but in many cases around the country and around the world coming to uh, to speak and to uh, participate and to interact with one another and to libate and to um, – you know, to consume delicious food. Uh, it's a great time in Nashua, New Hampshire, and you can go to freestateproject.org to, uh, to get more information on it. Mark, did you find anything? I see it? information on the 2010 one. Okay, so it hasn't been announced yet, but it's, uh, it's coming. You can guarantee that, and it's going to be a blast. Stay tuned over at freestateproject.org for the latest on that. We'll give you more information as it's available. Uh, so 800-259-9231. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Luther and Mark. Hello, Frank. Ah, good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Frank. Yes, the Codex Elementarius is one of the more interesting creations uh, of the UN. It actually began as a book or a food code back in 1963, and it was done by the World Health Organization and the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations. And basically, you know, it defines. Uh, various aspects of food, uh, such as food labeling, hygiene, uh, what additives are in, and it's been evolving. Uh, In the 90s, uh, an area regarding biotechnology and genetically modified food uh, came in. But what's interesting is that even though the Codex Elementarius is a world standard in virtually all the nations uh, that are members of the UN have to abide by it, it hasn't stopped the Chinese uh, from having melamine and various toxic chemicals and additives in their food products or animal food products, as we can recall over the last uh, two to three years. Well, sure. I mean, the government's regulations have not stopped uh, companies or corporations from uh, using dangerous chemicals or, or putting them out there. Absolutely. And it also has specific standards regarding meat, uh, milk, milk products. Uh, and what's oh, interesting boy. about it, uh, as right though there now, aren't already enough regulations on the milk ahead. industry. I mean, these are people that are persecuted. In some cases, Mark, the the uh, the raw milk that you and your wife buy is completely illegal to buy uh, to buy states. and sell. That's true, and that would remain in effect for humans. I think under the Codex Alimentarius, raw milk uh, can only be used for animals. Yeah, pet food. Uh, even though man is an animal, you know, the uh, Homo sapiens are sort of. Uh, not allowed to use that. But what's going to be very interesting is that the guidelines for vitamin and mineral food supplements is one of the most controversial areas. And what the Codex Elementarius will do is that if it defines vitamins and food supplements as drugs, then you won't be able to buy them without a prescription. That's and scary. At least in the United States, that would up the price probably four to ten times. Yeah, it'd be significant. Everything. So I think the pharmaceutical companies are very pleased with that. <laughs> However, in Europe and Asia, where are where the most expensive antibiotics can be purchased for you know one dollar for a dosage. 
package. Uh, and in the United States, some of them might cost 270 or $400, depending on the antibiotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be able to probably buy the vitamins and food supplements for the dollar uh, that they would use uh, for the antibiotics. So in a sense, what it'll do is probably screw the United States, because every other country has specific agreements and pricing regulations with the pharmaceutical industry. So, you know, all of the pharmaceutical companies sort of rape the United States and the American consumer, whereby in Europe or Asia or the Middle East or, you know, Africa... It's effectively uh, subsidizing the other... Prices are, you know... So what you're saying is that the the governments that are forced... The governments of those other countries are forcing the companies to do business at a certain rate, and they're raising their rates in the United States in order to subsidize the other countries. And it's always been correct. That's always been what's happened. But right now, as we lose our wealth and money, and we're the biggest debtor nation in the world, the opposite should occur. You know, we should be subsidized. Our population uh, should be subsidized and provided access to the drugs that are necessary. What do you think, Frank, as... uh, I'm sorry. What's going to be interesting with Codex Elementarius is that it also has a section that deals with the caloric intake of individuals, and it could be a system that will reward some nations and punish others. And now, what it does, it puts a, a complete control on the food supply, and it looks like it'll be managed you know, by the U.N. or by, let's say, a world government. So now, to, to be fair, Frank, this problem. particular executive order that we've been discussing here doesn't actually mention Codex Alimentarius uh, by name. It doesn't I, – I can't immediately find anything regarding the U.N. Well, or, I, think it's, I think the regulations are identical in the food safety bill that's in the Senate right now. Oh, really? It's going to be voted on or whatever. Yeah, so it's very interesting. And all, all we would need is the president, uh, you know, the President Obama, uh, to issue an executive order. And, uh, you know, that would do it in a sense. So we rather than create, a, rather than create some sort of bill that, uh, that, sorry, that... go ahead. Yeah, rather than creating some kind of bill that actually says, we will now implement Codex Alimentarius... They just cut, you know, basically cut and paste, cut and paste. the uh, the boilerplate from the codex into it, uh, their own legislation, and then they call Correct. it the Food Safety Act, and then of course it'll sail right through because well, Absolutely. who would be opposed to food safety? And I'm sure in the Food Safety Bill there'll also be sections on new taxes regarding financial securities and maybe more taxes if one sells a home within a certain time period. Things that you know appeared in the. Uh, uh, health bill. What do you think, <laughs> Frank? Has as to do with the health, except the health of the bankers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frank, as uh, as to, a member of the to profit as... by this. What I wanted to say about the Codex Elementarius. Yes. All the nations that accepted uh, the World Health Organization and the Food and Agricultural Organization's mandates back in the 1960s, early 1960s theoretically have to abide by that because it's kind of an international treaty. And uh, But what's going to be very interesting about it is that it centralizes the control of food supplies. And if you go back to Henry Kissinger's work in the 1970s, he talks about using food as a weapon, uh, in a sense, to, to maintain 
international or national goals. That's what they did um, uh, that's in, in Iraq, Frank. I mean, that's that's what they. I didn't mean. I'm. I'm yeah, that's what they do when they out. sanction places. You know, they uh, they don't let food in, so people starve to death. Uh, so that's that's a pretty scary thing. Now, Frank, as somebody who's in tied Africa. into uh, somebody who's tied in with the Illuminati, at least according to your claims, uh, what 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 do you think about the language of this uh, this particular piece of legislation? I guess not even legislation. This executive order talking about national wellness, achieving national wellness. Is that well? See, that's just. I think that's just sort of uh, subterfuge. It's actually going to be quite the opposite. Uh, historically, the ability of the body to put on weight in times of feast and famine kept people alive. It was a good characteristic to have in the gene pool. But now it's been sort of perverted, whereby we want people in the West to be very thin. I'm sorry, I guess. So if everybody's thin, if everybody's thin, then using food as a weapon is even easier because they don't have as much on them to, uh, you know, burn off. Thanks, Frank, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. You can take control of the airwaves even in the remaining moments. Uh, Thoughts on this are welcome or whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Enough time for your thoughts. If you make the call now, tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You can go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn how you can help uh, get this show on more radio stations across the country and expand our listenership to expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Because... I wish it weren't true, but right now we're the only liberty-oriented, truly liberty-oriented, syndicated talk radio program in the United States of America. And uh, that's unfortunate, but here we are, and you can get behind the program. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. It'll be be great someday when there are a bunch of shows out there that ape Free Talk Live, or at least the message of Free Talk Live. Um, Maybe they'll do it with with the more higher production values and, yeah, real skill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we can sit back and not have to worry about doing it anymore. But uh, but right now, you know, it's it's us, and you can help us out by going to promote.freetalklive.com to help get the show on more radio stations. So you you might be saying to yourself, if you're a new listener to the show, man, you guys, you're overreacting. This is it's just an executive order, one of millions of executive orders, or however many hundreds of thousands of them there are. There are lots, uh, tens of thousands, whatever, countless. Words, countless government uh, organizations, countless boards. What's the big deal? It's just another one. It, it sounds fine. They're talking about wellness. They're going to get together. They're going to make recommendations. I mean, they, they, you know, they're not going to force anything What's on anybody. What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Is there a big deal here? Well, what do you think? If they're limiting people from getting, uh, and and that's what I've heard about Codex Alimentarius all along, is that it's going to require people to get prescriptions in order to get all kinds of drugs, including uh, supplements. Well, the big deal is that you have to look at the the full picture. You have to look at who we're talking about here. We're not talking about an organization of people that just make suggestions. If that's all they were, man, hey, whatever. That's great. 
You write up all the suggestions you want and propagate right. them however you that want. That IRS form is not a suggestion. Right. We know that they don't tend to suggest things, and that if they do suggest something, that it's only a matter of months, if not years, before those suggestions become mandates. And uh, these are the people that want to run – a lot of them want to run your health care. They don't want you to be able to make decisions for yourself. They want some government bureaucrat somewhere, some pencil-pushing bureaucrat to decide what's important It'd be more for you. efficient that way. Oh, that's their claim, but it's not true, of right. course, because it's centralization. <laughs> they don't know the first thing about efficiency. Right, and then it goes back to the, uh, the issue of incentives that uh, right now the healthcare industry is problematic because their incentives are being destroyed by the government regulations. The co- competition is very limited. Uh, prices are driven up dramatically by government regulations. So all across the board, the government people give you evidence of how it is they're interested in increasing their level of control. So to look at something like this and the language that they're using here, it seems very innocuous. But if you look at it, the full picture of these people, remember, these are the same people, not the exact same people, but the same type of people who 60 years ago, they've now admitted they were giving STDs to people. They were just experimenting on people. Was it Guatemala? That was in Guatemala, yeah. They were just experimenting on human beings. Oops. Because they wanted to learn or whatever. They wanted to test ideas. They were doing the same things in the 50s and 60s in the United States. They're experimenting with nuclear weapons on people. I mean, these are the. They don't care about you. They were giving people LSD in the 60s, you know, just randomly. Well, oh, if you didn't if know, you it. didn't know. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> they were doing it for like forty days uh, nonstop, Holy depriving crap. them of sleep. Uh, yeah. Just uh, you know, <laughs> is this military or just experimental? CIA. CIA. Wow. So uh, yeah, so these are the people that we're talking about here, and I don't know about you, but. I don't want them to be in charge of any decisions that I get to make. And the more they become in control of, the scarier things get. Let's go to Bill, listening in Jackson to WPBQ. Hey, Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, one, one thing that I will uh, add to is uh, remember these uh, pharmaceuticals are actually international uh, uh, pharma-based uh, cartels. Sure. They're not just right here in the U.S. And these companies go way back, some of them even 100 years or so, and they've been at the forefront of drugs that have been, you know, have a horrible track record as far as, you know, the maintaining the health. And, of course, the general public doesn't know the difference. Now, here in the U.S., we've been fortunate to have enough freedom over the past several decades to... Uh, develop naturopathic medicine. And even though the mainstream is trying to, to stop that and squash it, uh, naturopathic medicine is making a, a, a you know, tremendous progress, and especially one company that I'm dealing with that, I, that I, I've been involved with about 10 years, and I won't mention the name, but this one particular company has actually been able to sue the FDA and win. The only company like that that's been able to do that Man. in the development of, 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 uh, of such products as their selenium product is, is, is now making... Tremendous strides, whereas uh, these drug uh, cartels have only recently recognized selenium as an essential nutrient. And uh, it's only been in the past uh, two or three decades prior to that that they thought thought that selenium was a contaminant that needed to be taken out of everything. Well, just like they thought with they thought oil was a contaminant back in the day, and now it'll make you very wealthy if you discover oil. Bill, what's the name of the company? (laughs) So I could go on all night, but it's this is something that we that must be fought at uh, at all levels, and uh, there have been several senators that that have been holding things out 
Can you imagine? Can you imagine Bill actually having to smuggle vitamin C or some other supplement? What's that you've got in there? Is that fish oil I smell? You know what? Can you imagine the black market operating in these areas and how awful that would be? Oh, it's absurd. Because people aren't going to want to stop taking supplements. They're not going to want to stop. Of course, it's much bigger than this one company. But this one company has has made such a tremendous progress. That uh, I've been on these products for about ten years, and I turned around all kinds of things. Didn't have to have surgery, and I, I could I could talk about this, you know, forever. But uh, it, at any rate, it's got to be stopped. Whatever we have to do, and uh, we've had several senators in the past who've been able to to stop certain uh, pieces of legislation. Uh, Orrin Hatch, for example, is one of them, and. Uh, and of course, this, this is on both sides of the aisle. This is not not just. Of course, a, he's a, no friend know, to liberty. Uh, Orrin Hatch is no friend to liberty. I mean, some of these guys are good on a handful of issues. Yeah, but, I'll take them where I can get them. Right. But uh, wow, yeah, exactly. hey, but, but Bill, I mean, thanks for the the story. Any he, other he, thoughts? He's from Utah, where where the Mormons are, and they, they do have that that in, in their favor. That they're a little more open to alternatives. Is that what you mean? Well, yes, yes, exactly. Would make in sense. In terms of uh, uh, health. Thanks, and, uh, Bill. I appreciate it, hearing from you tonight. Thank you for the call at 800-259-9231. Mark, you look confused. I was just uh, hearing uh, skipping on the line. I was wondering what that was. Oh, sometimes, yeah, you, you never know. Uh, so, so yeah, this is happening. They are going to you know, continue to expand their involvement in people's health decisions. And all the while, they'll be covering it up with this flowery language. National wellness is what they're trying to achieve. Their health promotion and public health goals including the reduction of tobacco use, sedentary behavior, and poor nutrition. And we're right back to what you were talking about, Luther, with the, yep. the telescreens looking back in at you and making sure that you're up bright and early at uh, you know 8 o'clock in the morning to do your 25 or 250 jumping jacks right. or however Stay many. in shape so you can be a productive worker for the party. Well, because when the government does control health care, and that's the direction they want to go, when the government does finally take full control over health care, then you will be a liability to them if you aren't healthy. It's not like they're just going to deny you coverage, which they may actually end up doing down the line. But initially, they'll have to provide. Well, then they'll charge you a fee for it. But... Right, right. Initially, they'll, they'll make it look like they're having to provide you with this coverage. That way, they can come in later and say, well, we've got all these people with these cigarette addictions, and we just the public just can't afford to keep helping these folks. We're going to have to monitor your cigarette usage, and they'll come up with all kinds of you know, controls and, and mandates in order to attempt to control you and, and what kind of what amount of smoke you can put into your lungs. And, and then as Luther says, you know, down the line a little further, they'll start adding in fees. Well, well, we just can't cover these things anymore. I mean, we've tried to control you. Keep going out. If you break the law and you smoke a cigarette and we've banned cigarettes, you will f- forfeit all of your health care coverage. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to go to the black market doctors at that point, which will probably be at that point, they'll probably be better than the government. You can, uh, and if the government's in charge, you can see that you'll, you'll see that uh, innovation just drops down to nothing. So yep. those new lungs that they'll be growing in the uh, the lab, yeah, you won't get those because well, <laughs> nobody will be having the, the innovation in the area. What drives, drives innovation is profit. But profit's evil, Mark. How can we have that in healthcare? Should you don't have to have it? You just don't get innovation at the same time. <laughs> you could have profits and and you can have innovation. But or you, you could, could steal from people. But you can't and, have uh, one without the other. But you could tax and fund innovation that way, right? Really? The, uh, tell me, tell me how this works. The internet, the internet was created by the government. 
The internet was created by the government. Really? What we have today was created Al by Gore the government? Al Gore made it, yeah. What? <laughs> the, perhaps the backbone of the internet was created by some academics out yeah. there. The, the reason why taxing uh, for innovation doesn't work is because it's centrally controlled. There's one group of bureaucrats deciding where all the money goes. And then, of course, there's the stealing factor, which also has several unintended consequences. But we're out of time for tonight. It's been Ian here with you. And Luther. And Mark. Tomorrow night, Sam kicks off the show as he's in control. Dale after that. Uh, Stephanie and uh, Gardner on Saturday nights. All co-hosts as Mark and I head out to a radio convention. We'll see you next week. It's Free Talk Live.